Hi, and welcome to For This Child, I Have Prayed. This is a podcast where faithful women share their journey to motherhood and how it has been marked by the goodness of God. Whether you are struggling with infertility, wrestling with postpartum, or navigating adoption, my prayer is that you are encouraged and uplifted by their testimonies of just how faithful our Creator truly is. In today's episode, Sylvia will be sharing her journey to motherhood that includes 18 years of infertility, trusting God's plan, and worshiping through the wait. Now let's meet Sylvia. Hi, Sylvia. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. I told you before we hit record that your story has had such an impact on Skippers and my journey. For the past two years, when we were going to North Palm Church, whenever we shared our infertility journey, everyone would say, have you heard of Jean and Sylvia, Rebecca's testimony? And so when God put this podcast on my heart, your testimony was the number one that popped in my head that I have to have Sylvia on here because it's encouraged me so much and I know it's going to encourage so many other women. So would you like to officially introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, my name is Sylvia and I am married to my high school sweetheart, Jean. Um, We have been married for 22 years, um, together overall for 27. We have two beautiful boys, um, Malachi 2 and Jean-Luc, who's four weeks tomorrow. um, And we live in the Charleston area. Wow, beautiful. I know you are a busy mom. And I also know that today you're going to be sharing your journey to motherhood that was 18 years of infertility. So would you like to go ahead and share your story? Of course. So 18 years is a long time. So we'll <laughs> I'll um, definitely try to um, kind of keep it as, as quick as possible. Um, but I guess I can start with, um, when, when I was a teenager, um, I started, um, like with most people with fertility issues, you know, you have an issue with your cycle. And, um, as a teenager, I would get my cycle maybe once a year, but as a teenager, you didn't think anything about it. You know, it's kind of like one of those things of you don't want it anyways, as a teenager. So that's what it was. Um, but then of course, um, you know, as, as life went on, I realized, you know, if I wanted to have a family, this is something that needed to be fixed. Um, and so I, I met my husband, our 10th grade year of high school. And, um, I felt like he was going to be my husband, but, you know, I was 16 and he was 17. So we were just going on the journey to see, see where that would go and how that would take us. Um, but as we got into our senior year, um, we, you know, started talking about those things of having a family. And I told him, like, I always thought I would have a huge family. And he he agreed. I was like, but um, a doctor did tell me that I may have some issues, but I've never looked into it and never thought anything else about it. So life went on and we got married um, and we're trying for at least five years before I went to the doctor. And um, we, we, you know, were active to to become pregnant as soon as we got married. So we weren't doing anything to not for it not to happen. We weren't doing any kind of birth control or anything. Um, and so I went to the doctor and 
um, they weren't very helpful for a while. Um, they were just like, well, your testosterone's a little higher than normal women, but, um, maybe we can try putting you on birth control and try to regulate things. And so we went through all of this testing and all of this stuff and, and nothing would work. But the whole time, you know, I, me and my husband knew that, okay, God, you know, you, you know, we want a family and, you know, we don't know what this is, but we know that you can do it. Like there was no doubt that we knew that God could do it. So we didn't stress when the doctors were telling us these things because we just knew that God could do it. And so um, life went on. And then I was like, well, let me go to a different doctor. A couple of years went by. And then in 2009, I became more serious about it. Um, that was eight years into our marriage. And I'm like, you know, we need to figure out what's going on. If there's anything that I'm doing wrong um, or, you know, what's the next step. So again, we went through tons of testing. Um, they tried different fertility pills for us to take. Um, they tried um, combination of medications, changing my diet doing all of these things and nothing was working, then they had me start um, taking my temperature um, every time I would have a cycle or see how things worked. It was just a lot of testing that was going on and there was no answers. And then finally, someone, a doctor diagnosed me with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's where there's tons of follicles that are built in your ovaries, and it's basically telling your brain that you're already pregnant, so you're not having a cycle. So it's like my body would never have a cycle because it thought I was pregnant. And so it's like, okay, how do we fix this? And there's like, well, there's no way to fix it. Um, you just, you can change what you eat. You can try this medication. And I'm like, well, I've tried all of that. And so they're like, well, your next step would be fertility. There's nothing else we could do for you. And so, um, you know, we, we had to pray about it and think about it. Um, it's different circles that you're in has different opinions on stuff. And the circle that we were in at the time, um, fertility was looked at as a bad thing. It was looked at as if you didn't have faith in God. And I was like, well, we know that God can do it. We, we know that he can, why has he not done it? I'm not sure, but, but he has a plan. So we struggled with that. So we left we left that idea of fertility alone and we just continued to just have faith, continue to pray. Um, one of the things that that we definitely did was always worship God. We believed in him. We, we um, knew that he had a plan that was greater than us. One thing that we've always said is, um, God, we're here to serve you, whatever you have to do. So when you say that, you have to trust that you're following his plan, even though it may not look like yours. Would um, I mean, I thought I would have kids in my 20s, you know, <laughs> and come to find out later as we talk, I wasn't until I was in my 40s. So it was definitely not my plan to have my kids when I did. But I constantly would tell God, not my will, but yours be done. And you can't say something like that and then be upset with him when it's not going your way. How can I be mad at you, God, when I'm constantly giving it over to you and telling you your will, Lord, your will, Lord? Because I mean, we have no idea what our future looks like. We have no idea the plan of God. We have no idea what, what one generation is going to look like to a next. Um, and so we just kind of, you know, would just worship God and just praised him and just believe that he was going to do it. So um, 
then 2013 came and um, uh, my mom ended up passing away. She had been sick for a while. But one thing I always prayed was, God, I want a child before my mom passes. That was just, I don't, my mom wasn't mentally all there. When I was 10, she had a brain tumor. And ever since then, she kind of was going downhill. But I just wanted my mom to to meet my child. And so when she passed, I had a little bit of a hard time of like understanding, okay, God, I know it's your will, not mine, but I really wanted my child to meet my mom. And now if I have one, they're not. So I started dealing with a little bit of trying to question God and, and, and why didn't, has it not happened yet? I lost my mom and I was like, well, maybe it isn't going to happen. So I started having those thoughts. Um, and I started getting upset with myself for having those thoughts. Cause I was like, I've believed God for so many years. Why am I starting to, to doubt him now? And of course, you know, um, just our logical thinking, you know, it's been how many years and it hasn't happened. Um, uh, so our logic comes into place and then you, you start thinking spiritually. And so you're trying to put all these things together and all you can do is say, you know what, I surrender it to you, God, what, whatever your will is, it, it's going to happen. And then one thing I started praying was, God, if this is not your will for my life, take this desire to have a child out of my heart. I, why there's, I've met several women who's like, I don't want kids. I I don't have a desire to have kids. So I'm like, okay, Lord, if, if I'm not meant to have children, you you need to take this desire away. Like this desire is not going, this desire yearns. Like I desire to have a child. And if this is not what you want for me, you need to take this away because it's not fair. Like I shouldn't have this feeling if this is not part of your plan. And so, and so I would just think about that, like, okay, if the, if the yearning is still there, then he, he's going to do it somehow. So then we started thinking, okay, maybe we're only thinking in one way. We're putting God in a box. Maybe we're saying, okay, God, you can only do it this way. And this is the only way it's acceptable in the church. This is the only way it's acceptable in, in our society. And so we started to remove that box and said, okay, God, we're going to start just, you open the doors. We're going to start knocking on doors and whatever door is not right, just please close those doors for us. But we're going to start being active in our faith. We're going to start stepping out. We're going to start doing things and, and trusting and believing that you are guiding us. So in 2013, after my mom passed, we decided to try um, fertility. We tried it a we we did a round of IUI and we had to take a loan out for it because at that time we financially couldn't afford to pay for it. And that kind of hurt us too, because we've always been in this theory of, you know, trying to be debt free, you know, trying not to. And to take that loan out was like, oh, how is this God's will if this is not, you know? So we took the loan out and we went through the process and it, it didn't work. They ended up canceling it on us because I overstimulated and there was a chance of me having um, an extreme amount of multiple multiples of kids. And it was just going to be dangerous for all of us. So they canceled this cycle and I ended up getting some other medical issues with that. I had issues with my eyes. I had um, some issues with my ovaries. So it was not a great experience. And so my husband after that was like, you know, after the devastation, the tears, because it's, you know, anyone who's gone through fertility, you're high one minute and then you're down low the next minute. The doctors, you know, they give you a good report, then they give you a bad report, then you're good again. And it's just such a roller coaster. And so after that, my husband's like, um, listen, I, I don't want to do fertility treatments again. He goes, watching what you went through, what we went through, 
what your body went through. He goes, it's not worth it. He's like, it's not worth losing you or you having these health issues to, to have a child this way. And so we both agreed that, okay, this is, this is not the route for us. So then we started looking into adoption. Um, we started looking into private adoption and it was quite expensive. <laughs> we went into several meetings with different programs um, in, the, in our state and um, just were blown away at, at how much it, it cost. And we we're just like, there's no way we can afford this. Um, so we're like, okay, this door must, must be closing as well. Um, and so then we heard about possibly um, fostering and adopting through our state. Um, we Here in South Carolina, it's DSS. So we went ahead and went to the meetings. We um, got certified to be foster parents. And we're like, okay, we'll foster. And, you know, if God puts the right kids in our house, we'll adopt them. And that's how we're going to, you know, grow our family. So we went through that and we got this amazing five-year-old boy, um, and it was a very challenging three months. Um, he was five years old, um, but the stuff he had gone through was, um, it was devastating to know and to try to help him through that process. But um, we ended up having him for six months and then um, his parents did what they were supposed to. So he was able to go back home. Um, but after that, we we had to examine, was this the right road? Were, was this the right motive? And um, when we prayed about it and we're like, well, in this season, this is not how we're supposed to go about it. It was very clear to our spirits that we may foster in the future, but this was not how God was going to do it. So it was just kind of like we were at this standpoint of, okay, what's what's next, God? Like we, we've tried these different things. We've heard of people getting phone calls from family members of, hey, you know, we, we know someone who, who doesn't want their baby. Do you want to take it? We're like, okay, God, are you going to do it that way? So we're just like, you know, we're, we're taking you out of the box, God, however you want to do it, you're going to do it. So we kind of left everything alone. Um, I was trying to be healthy. I was trying to eat right, exercise, do what I could on my side um, for the blessing to come. Um, and then, of course, that was 2013, 2014, 2015, and the years started going by again. Um, and we would just worship God. There was a periods in that um, seasons in that time where all I could do was worship. All I could do was sing. I didn't believe what I was singing because sometimes I was losing my hope and I would just sing the song anyways. I would sing it and be like, I don't know if I believe this anymore, but I would sing the song. And it was amazing because I would sing these, there was three songs that I would sing over and over and over again. And then it got to the point where it built my faith back up without me even realizing it. I was believing what I was singing again. And I was like, God, you know, you, you just have to build my faith again. You have to build my faith again. It's been a long road. Um, I feel like we've done everything we can. Um, I just probably need to accept the fact that you're not going to do this. You know, I need to accept the fact that it's just going to be me and Jean and, um, and, and be content with that. And that's just, you know, how you're going to use us. I, I left off and I'm, I'm probably need to go back just for a little bit, but in 2009, we ended up starting, my husband's from Haiti and we started, um, I wanted to start an orphanage in Haiti um, and be able to travel there and like serve the the kids in Haiti. So we did end up doing um, 
they didn't really need orphanages in Haiti because there's several of them, but they just needed kids to be sponsored to go to school. So we started that program. Um, so that was another thing that I was doing as well of, of seeing like, how was God going to use that to like fulfill our promise? Um, so when I'm going through this process, um, and I'm just praying a lot of times God wouldn't really give me direction or insight. It was just me trusting and believing him. But in 2016, he spoke clearly to me and he told me he wanted me to start a meals for mom group at our church. And this is where I would reach out to, to moms, new moms, and, you know, set up a week of meals to be delivered for them. I had no idea why I was doing that because it was a season of pain for me. And I'm like, okay, God, you're telling me to do this. So I'm going to start this program. So I started it in 2016 and it's still going on till today. And um, I didn't understand it, but I know God said it. So I did it. And then in 2017, he told me he wanted me to start hosting brunches for moms the day before Mother's Day. And just people that I really admired in our church and in our community, just having them over, serving them breakfast, encouraging them. And I'm like, God, but I'm not a mom. (laughs) What are you asking me to do? Like, this makes no sense to me. I'm going to encourage moms. And this is something that I'm desiring so bad to be. And, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to do it. So the first time I did it, you know, I, I don't know what the moms thought. I didn't tell them that this is why I did it. I just invited them over, said I wanted to celebrate them. And, and we just had a great time. And then I did that for a couple of years. So these are things that God was telling me to do that I did not understand, but I knew he asked me to do it. So I was faithful in doing that. Um, and so. Um, Let's see, from there, um, 2019 came around and I was 39 and I'm like, okay, God, (laughs) I have faith, I have hope, but I'm going to be 40. And, um, you know, this is taking a lot longer than I thought it would take. And I said, you know what, God, if you're not going to do it before I turn 40, I'm done. Just don't do it. Like, let's leave this alone. And I felt like, who am I to tell this to God? But I just felt this in my spirit, like, God, you need to do this. Like, this is your year. If you're going to do it, you're doing it this year. You're doing it before I turn 40. And I told my husband, I was like, who do I think I am to tell God that? <laughs> and so, but I was like, but I felt it so strong. So, so I just did. And then God told me, this is the, the season that you need to spend time with your husband and you need to celebrate your marriage. And I was like, okay. So I was very intentional. I made sure that we were doing things. Um, we were going on date nights just because it had been us for so long that you're always together. So you don't think about doing date nights. You don't think about going on these special vacations because you're always around each other and you don't need really a break from the kids or certain things because it's just you. So I guess we kind of, you know, just took that for granted. And so God's like, no, you need to be intentional. So I was very intentional. He turned 40 in March. We took a cruise. Like we were just being like, just I felt like we were falling in love all over again. Like we've had an amazing marriage, but in 2019, it was just like this rebirth of our love. And, um, and I didn't understand it, but I was enjoying it. I'm like, okay, God, this is, I don't know why we're doing this, but it's amazing. And we were just having, having, like I said, it just felt like a, just a renewal of our love. And then, um, 
but I'm sorry. There's one thing I forgot to say. So after um, me and my husband had talked, you know, we said we would never do fertility again. And we had a conversation and the conversation went, I was like, would we ever do fertility again? This was probably in 2018. I was like, would we ever consider doing fertility again? Because I knew we had tried everything and that was only our only option to go back to. And he's like, the only way we would do fertility again is if it, if God completely opened the door, he goes, it would be opened and we would not have to pay one penny and everything would be provided. And I'm like, Gene, you know how expensive it is to, to go through fertility and do IVF. I'm like, no one's going to give us that kind of money. I'm like, that's, that's insane. He's like, well, if that's what God wants, it's going to be provided. And so I was, I, I was like, okay. So in my head, I'm like, fertility is out of the option. <laughs> no one's going to give us 15,000 or plus dollars to have this procedure done. Um, so that was just not in my mind. So June of 2019, we get um, a, a call or a message from our pastor that someone had a vision and that God told them to give us the money we needed for the fertility treatment, the exact amount that we needed. And they reached out to us and how much money was it, blah, 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 blah. And so um, our pastor had shared with us that this couple wanted to pay for it. And so I went home and me and my husband talked about it. And we're like, you know what? We're going to meet with this couple for lunch and we're going to nicely tell them no, because it's just too much money. Like, And we're forgetting what we had petitioned before God. I had petitioned God for this to happen before I turned 40. So it had to happen that year. My husband had said it had to be completely paid for. So here we are, we petitioned God and then we're forgetting what we had petitioned him because here he is answering things and we're like closing the door on God. So we meet with this couple and before we could speak, um, the, the husband was like, this is the vision that I had. And he gave us all the details of the vision. And we were just like, our jaws dropped to the floor. We knew it was God. We could not question the, the details that he gave us was so amazing. And so we were telling them, we're like, well, we wanted to let you know that we were coming here to tell you guys that we weren't taking the money, (laughs) but you just, what you just said proved that this is God. And so, um, so we were kind of blown away, um, that this couple was doing this. Um, so we, we went ahead and reached out and we started the process of, of the IVF, um, and like I said, the finances were completely provided. We we went through the process. We were told um, because of my condition, I only had a 33% success that this would happen, that it would be, that it, it would work. Um, but we were like, well, we're going for it because God opened this door. So, you know, we're not listening to statistics. We're not listening to any of that. You know, we're just moving forward with it. Um, so we started the process and it, the first part was very successful, you know, where, where, um, they retrieved the eggs and I had several embryos that were very healthy. Um, well, I'm sorry that that were good. And then they said, okay, do you want them to be tested? And they said it was going to be X amount of money and we didn't have those funds. And, um, so me and Jean talked about it and we're like, no, you know, God's opened this door. We're trusting him. And we're like, no, they're not going to be tested. We're just going to move forward. So we continued through the process. Um, we had the the procedure completely done. And then a month later found out that we were pregnant, um, that it was successful. And um, of course we were ecstatic, but we, of course, at the same time, didn't feel like it was real because we waited so long for this. It was like, 
what's going to happen. Like what wrong is, you know, something wrong is going to happen. Like, you know, it was like, it was too good to be true type of situation. Um, but through the whole process, um, all, all the doctors, everyone involved were so cautious because, um, so I, I did end up getting pregnant before I turned 40. I was, I was still 39 and three months later I turned 40. So I had them when I was 40, but I was pregnant before I turned turned 40. Um, so it was just amazing how, how God just orchestrated that whole thing and how faithful he was and how, you know, when we remove the box off of God and just trust him, um, and he just does it the way he's supposed to do it. Do I completely understand why we had to go through this process? Sometimes I do because I'm ministering to several women now who are going through the same issue that I can encourage, that I can um, help them find the resources that they need, that I can do all these things. But do I understand 100%? I don't, to be honest with you, but I do trust God and I understand his plan. And when I see my boys, you know, they're their miracles, you know, they're from God. And so we had our first one in 2020 and the pregnancy was perfect. All the doctors were, you know, you're 40, you know, we have to do these extra tests. We have to do this. We have to do that. And I was like, you know, I trust God. He's not going to bring me this far, you know, for me to lose this child or for something to be wrong. And so, um, everything was perfect. Um, and our son was born, he's two now. Um, but once we had him, we, we were thinking, you know, okay, we have these extra embryos, you know, we have to decide to discard them or do we want to do this again? And when we're like, well, when you have embryos, it's a lot cheaper to, to do it the second time. Cause you only do the second part. You don't have to do the first part, which is the most expensive. And so we're like, well, this is what we're going to do. One, God's going to provide the money. He's going to provide the finances for us to do it the second time if it's what is supposed to be done. And then I um, told the doctors, you know, I didn't want to try birth control because I heard sometimes if you go through IVF, it happens again naturally, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, let's just, you know, see what happens. So then after a year um, of not being able to get pregnant again, um, we're like, okay, well, we'll see, you know, where this, where this goes. And then, um, December of when was it? 20, uh, I think it's 2021. Um, my husband got, my husband got a, a raise from, um, work. He's never gotten one before. And it was for the amount that we needed to do the second round. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So my husband, but I didn't know if, so my husband got that raise. So he came home and he told me, he's like, I got a raise um, or a, a Christmas bonus is what it was. It wasn't a raise. Um, and he's like, yeah, and it's it's for this amount. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's crazy. I was like, you never gotten that before. He's like, no, he goes, we need to do the IVF. Cause I didn't think that that's what we were going to spend it on. In my head, I'm already thinking of oh, what debt can we put it towards to pay off? And he's like, no, he goes, we need to use this to try uh, to, to see about having a second kid. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I've never gotten this before. It's for the amount that we need. And I was like, okay, you know, God, are you opening this door again? Like, okay. So we reach out to the clinic. We set it up. We got everything done. Um, we went through the process and we were, again, um, they said 33% chance it's going to happen, you know, and we're like, we're believing God. 
So we, we went and, you know, went through the process and a month later it was another successful pregnancy and we were pregnant and, um, went through the whole process and it was just, um, amazing. So now we have our, we just had our second son, um, on his dad's birthday. So he was born. So his dad is like, this is the best gift ever. Um, it was funny cause we we're trying to not have it on his birthday. Um, he was actually supposed to be due March 8th and then they wanted me to go a little early. And so we had scheduled to be induced several days before, but the hospital kept having emergencies. So they didn't have open beds. So it kept getting pushed back. And then they took me in the day before and I just wasn't dilating. It was just hilarious. Um, And I was like, no, babe, he was meant to be born on your birthday. This is your gift from God. I mean, both of ours, but um, so, so yeah, so we had our second one on March 3rd. And um, so now we have two little boys that, that God has, has blessed us with. So 18 years, um, it's, it's really weird, but being on the other side now, those 18 years, um, it doesn't, what we went through doesn't compare to the feeling that we're feeling right now. Um, the joy that our first son bought us, we, we were always happy people, but it's like God bought us this little comedian. He just constantly just bought such laughter to our house, like never before. And just to see God's provision on our family. I mean, he has not just provided these these two boys to us, but financially he has just blessed us in our jobs. And, and just like, this is a season for us that he has purposely set up and we can see him moving. It's like we, it's now we're receiving um, all the prayers that people um, prayed over us, all the prophecies, all of our sweat, tears, um, frustrations, all of that, that was planted. It's like, now we're on the other side of it. Um, and that season was so long, but now that we're on the other side, it's like, you don't see that anymore. You don't see the pain. You don't see the hurt. You're just like, wow, like this was worth it. And when I think it was 18 years, like you really kind of, you don't forget about it, but it's just like, it's not that I I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's something that you have to experience and just being on the other side of it is just an amazing thing. And now I know that our story is to use to encourage and to help people and to not put God in a box, to not think that God can do it only one way, um, not to put a time limit on God, not to always listen to doctors, to be your own advocate. Um, there's just so much to learn from our story. And um, I just hope that we can encourage anybody, you know, to to hold on and to push, keep pushing forward. And sometimes it does require you to not just sit there and wait for God to do it, to be proactive, to to knock on those doors. Um, you know, God gave these doctors the ability to do this. God gave them the wisdom. God gave them the knowledge. God gave them the science. Um, and this is all part of his plan. So um, just knocking on those doors and don't limit God, you know, to, to do it in one way. That um, I think... And then, of course, that the scripture, um, I have it in my wall in my front door, which is in front of my office because I work from home, was Psalms 4610, which is be still and know that I'm God. And it's just, you're going to have those seasons where there's nothing else you can do. All you do is pray and believe and trust God. 
and you just know that he is God, he is good, and everything that he has purpose for your life will be fulfilled and it will be better than you can ever imagine. I can't, me and my husband always joke, we're like, can you imagine if we had these two boys in our 20s? I'm like, uh, we would never be where we are now. I'm like, it, it would have just been so, because we were both college students. Um, I don't even know what we were thinking, trying at 20, when we were 21. Um, but it's just amazing that the season that he he does it in, and it's just perfect. So we're just blessed to have these two little boys and honored to be their parents and get to raise them up in the word of God and raise them up to be men of God for this generation. And we truly believe that whatever season your child is born in, they're meant to to change and impact that generation. And I know I had to wait. Me and my husband had to wait 18 years for these boys because they were meant for this generation that's coming up. And so I know they have authority. I know that they have power. I know that they will make an impact. And now it's me and my husband's job in our community to raise them up and to make sure that they're prepared um, for, for what they were made for. And so you have to, everyone has to believe that whatever season your child is, is born into. And if you believe God and you love him, they're destined and purpose for that season. And God has a great calling on their life. Sylvia, first of all, I'm crying. What a beautiful story. There's so many things I want to touch on, but first I just have to say, how awesome is our God? His plans are so much higher, so much greater than ours. And I loved so many things that you said, but one of many being we can't put God in a box. And I think as women, especially on a journey of infertility and just women in general like to control, especially what's happening to our own bodies, we think that we have to put God in a box that he can only do something this one way. And I loved what you said of just letting that go and letting God out of that box and being open to all the different ways that he can come through and that he can deliver on his promise and give you that miracle. And the fact that your prayer was, okay, God, we're going to go in this direction. And if you don't want us to, shut that door close that window. And I think that's such a great um, skill of obedience that you had in doing that. Another thing that you said that I can very much relate to is worshiping in the waiting. And when you were saying, you know, some days you would sing the songs and you weren't believing it, but you just continued to worship. And eventually you got to the point where you were believing every word that you were singing to be true about our God. And lastly, oh, I, a few episodes ago, I recorded um, a word that I believe God gave me through a devotional. And it was about Zachariah and Elizabeth and waiting for their John, John the Baptist. And that if John had come any earlier, all those years that they had been praying and waiting for a child, if he had come any earlier, he would not have been able to prepare the way for Jesus. So I loved what you said is your boys came when they needed to come at the perfect part, perfect point, perfect generation. God is perfect. I love that. Also, I'm a numbers person, so I'm sure you've already thought of this, but 33% was the rate that your doctor, the percentage your doctor gave you for success. And you know your second baby was born on 3-3? Oh my gosh. I did not <laughs> pick up on that. And that is so amazing. <laughs> 
Because when you were saying 33, I'm like, wait, that's a divine number. I mean, like 33 is is big. And then when you said that he was born in March, I'm like, oh, she's not going to say the third. And then when you said he was born on March 3rd, I was like, oh my gosh, 33. Wow. Isn't he so good? God is so good. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, Sylvia, your story has encouraged me for the past two years when I was first introduced to you and your husband and, and your journey. And I know it's going to be so encouraging to the women listening. So thank you so much for taking the time to to share. And lastly, I just wanted again to highlight what you said about 18 years. That is long. And I don't want to diminish that for any woman who is on an extremely long journey to becoming a mother. But I loved what you said when that is like a blink compared to the joy that you have now with those two boys and the time that you have with them. So my prayer is that's encouraging to the woman who may be on an extremely long journey. This is not what you had in mind. This is not as long of a season as you wanted, but hold hope, have faith that you're going to look back and it's going to be a blink And all that pain is going to be a pinpoint compared to the amount of joy that God is going to give with your babies. So would you do us the honor? Thank you. Would you do us the honor of closing us out in prayer, maybe specifically praying for that woman who is on this long, long journey? Yes, definitely. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you and we praise you and we thank you. We thank you for your power. We thank you, God, for your journeys, God. And right now, I pray, Father, for anyone who's experiencing a journey, Father, that seems so long, that's tiresome, that is mentally draining, God, that is emotionally draining. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your spirit will begin to descend upon them, renew their hope, renew their strength, God. Help them, Father, to hold on to the promise that you have given them, that you have not forsaken them, that you hear them, that you're holding them, God, that you are comforting them. God, you are a good God. You are an amazing God. Your timing is perfect. So right now, God, touch her. Strengthen her, Lord. Let her not lose focus of who you are of your greatness, of your goodness, God, and that your plan is perfect. Help her to hold on to our faith, to hold on to hope, to hold on to you, God, that nothing is impossible. And if you are not doing it in this season, that does not mean you're not going to do it next season, God. You have a perfect timeline, God. Strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Sylvia, for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey to motherhood. And thank you listeners for taking the time to tune in today. If Sylvia's testimony encouraged you or you know a woman in your life that needs to hear this story, please be sure to share it with them. And if you haven't already left a star review wherever you listen to your podcast, if you could please go ahead and leave one, I would be so grateful. My hope and prayer is that this show inspires and uplifts every woman on her journey to motherhood and high ratings helps make that possible. And last but certainly not least, if you or a friend or family member would like to share your story on the For This Child I Have Prayed podcast, I would be honored to have you. There's a form in the show notes that you can fill out and then I will be in touch. 
Until next time, remember that God has a plan for you. There's a miracle in the making, and I'll be praying for you. Bye.